welcome to episode number 130 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We have been in a series dealing with miracles. We've been in it for a number of weeks, and as the Holy Spirit guides and directs us, we will continue to speak on that topic, and I think it's going to be at least for a few months. So I hope you're excited about it, because I am. Preparation time that I take and the time that I'm working on preparing myself for this podcast I have experienced a tremendous leading of the Holy Spirit for direction and guidance, and today's topic will be very much like that, because today's podcast is entitled, How to Prepare to Receive Miracles in Your Life. Yes, we must prepare ourselves before we pray for miracles. We must prepare ourselves, quite frankly, before we pray about almost anything. So we want to get into that and talk about the significance and the importance of getting prepared to seek God for what we need in our life. I want to pray now and ask the Holy Spirit to move in a special way as we get into this topic today on preparation for miracles. Father, thank you for once again another opportunity to bring a message to your people. I pray that those who are listening in today would receive something special for their life. They would understand the need to get our hearts ready and to be prepared to pray for the needs of ourselves and of others. I pray the Holy Spirit would guide me through this teaching and help me to understand where the needs are. And if I need to change it as I'm going through, I yield to you and I yield to your presence, Holy Spirit, and I pray for that guidance and direction. I believe we're going to have a great session today, and I pray, Lord, that you'll be the reason for it as you guide and direct us. As we open up the scriptures and read them, may they speak to our hearts like never before. Once again, I thank you for this opportunity, and I just give you praise for what's about to take place as we pray and seek for miracles in our lives and in the lives of those that we know and love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Today, I believe we're going to go through some steps for preparation for prayer, and some of which you will be familiar with, but others you may not be. Matter of fact, there are certain areas in our prayer life where we need to spend significant time getting ready to seek God and his guidance and directions. When we get into desiring to see miracles take place, there needs to be a plan of action, which by the way is spelled out in the word of God. And I'm going to get into that today and I believe the Lord's going to bless us. Now before we address praying for miracles, we need to understand the conditions of receiving a miracle. The reason I need to spend some time on this podcast dealing with certain issues is that we need to pray for miracles when our heart is right with God. We must have a pure heart and a forgiving heart before we can ask God to work through us to perform miracles in others. The first step that we need to take before praying for miracles is to come to the Lord with a repentant heart. We must ask God to forgive us and ask others to forgive us for anything that we've come up against them with. So with that, let's start off by getting into the book of Matthew. I'm going to read in chapter 6, verses 12 through 14, and let's see what the Lord has to say about preparation. Before I started to read this scripture, I really felt touched and prepped by the Holy Spirit to go back a couple of verses. Matter of fact, we're going to go into very, very familiar prayer that a lot of you know, and that is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus was teaching his disciples on how to pray and what fasting is all about, and he made these words. Now, this applies very much to get our heart prepared to be able to pray for others. Jesus said, pray like this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. 
May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now that translation was the New Living Translation because it's a short few scriptures. I want to read it now from the New King James Version. That's in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse number 9. Once again, this is still Jesus praying. It's very similar, has the same meaning, but it has a little bit of an emphasis at the ends. It's a little different. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Listen to this, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, both of these are basically saying the same thing. But the importance of reading from different translation is to show you that there's an emphasis maybe that one group felt should be made and another group they shouldn't. So always be careful in the translations that you're reading. I recommend the New King James. I also like the New Living Translation. And I also believe that a lot of folks are now getting into the Message Bible, but I would only recommend that for those who maybe have an understanding of the Word of God, at least a basic understanding, because there may be different ways that things are expressed, but it's all the Word of God, and I believe it'll bless you. So when we look at this scripture, I'm going to go back now to the New Living Translation, and it says here, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So very important to understand. Jesus established a precedent. He set a precedent for how to pray, how to pray for everything. And what he's saying is before you pray, we need to be sure that our sins are forgiven and that we've forgiven those who sinned against us. Because if we haven't done that, if we haven't prepared our heart that way, I don't believe that we're going to be in a position to be able to receive the blessings that we want God to place upon those that we're praying for, whether it be ourselves or other people. So when we get into miracles and we're seeking, miracles deals with the really difficult things, the tough things, the extremely difficult things that quite frankly science many times has given up on and that maybe we have given up on, but God's word never gives up on miracles. So in order to have the right relationship with God and others, there must be an act of forgiving, an act of forgiveness. Let me give an example. Before we become Christians, we have to ask God to forgive us of our sins. You cannot come into a right relationship with God unless you have asked him, forgive me my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Matter of fact, if you've not said that, this might be a great time for you to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from my sins. And I and say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that He's he gave his life for me and he was crucified, but then he was resurrected from the dead, that he would give me life, eternal life with you. So I receive Jesus in Jesus' name. You see, it's important that we make that kind of a forgiveness statement in order to be able to go into the deeper things to seek for miracles in the lives of other people. Without giving and receiving forgiveness, we will be limited in what we receive. I believe that. Now, I believe that applies to our desire to see miracles take place in our lives and lives of others. If we truly have a desire to pray for the difficult ones. Now, let me make a comment on that because there's a lot of times that people want to pray for the easy stuff, but when the difficult one comes, they kind of back off. 
It kind of reminds me sometimes in church when there's a person who is brought up front in a wheelchair and they're paralyzed and people want to pray, but then some people say, well, I don't think I can pray for that. No, I believe all of us should pray and can pray for that person. We must never have doubt or fear that God is not in the miracle business. Now, whether that person gets out of that wheelchair or not is not your fault. It's just simply a sovereign move of God, an act of God. So with that, we should pray for all needs regardless of how difficult they are or how easy they are. We must never forget that a miracle is a divine action from our holy and sinless God. The Lord cannot work in the lives of anyone without repentance of a sinful life. So let's look now at another example of forgiveness, and it's found in Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. Now, I'm not going to read the whole story because it's, it's a lot of scriptures. It's 14 verses, and I don't think it's necessary. But let me just give you my paraphrased edition, if you will. What I'm saying is that it's a story about forgiveness, where forgiveness was received, but wasn't passed on. And we just need to understand that. Once again, if you want to know where that scripture is, it's in Matthew chapter 18, verse verses 21 through 35. It's really called the parable of the unforgiving debtor. It's a story where the Lord talks about and shows how we should forgive and how often we should forgive. I do need to read a couple of verses just to set it up. In Matthew 18, it's verse 21 in the New Living Translation. It says, Then Peter came to him, came to Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? He says, seven times? Peter felt that he was doing pretty good to think, wow, I'm going to forgive seven times. I've really got this together. But then Jesus very quickly said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. He compares this now to a story. What he's talking about is forgiveness, and we must forgive and forgive and forgive and continue to forgive. And people say, well, that's not possible. Yes, it is. All things are possible with God, and they're all possible if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and they're possible if we yield to the Holy Spirit for guidance and direction. Yes, we can learn how to forgive and pass on that forgiveness over and over again. Then Jesus compares this with a parable of the unforgiving debtor. It's a story about a kingdom of heaven heaven can be compared to this king, it says, who decided to bring his accounts to date. And so he had a guy that was in jail and the, the fellow that was in prison asked the king, would you forgive me of my debts? And the king said, yeah, but they're gigantic. They're huge. It probably would relate to millions of dollars today. And the guy begged and pleaded and said, please forgive me. Please forgive me. And the king said, all right, I forgive you of your debts. And he released him from prison. Well, as soon as this guy got out of prison, he chased after a fellow who owed him money. And he walked up to the guy and said, you owe me money. And it was a much smaller amount. Maybe it would be compared to a few thousand dollars today. But he said, you owe me a lot of money. And if you're not going to pay me, I'm going to put you in jail. Well, the guy didn't have the money. So this fellow who had been forgiven of his debts by the king and released from prison immediately went out and chased after a guy who owed him money. And he didn't forgive that guy of his debt. Now think about that. That's pretty amazing. Has that ever happened in your life? Have you ever thought about the forgiveness of your sins by our Lord and Savior Jesus and how amazing he was and how we didn't deserve forgiveness, but he gave us forgiveness. And then we turn around and have a difficult time with someone else and we won't forgive them for something they did against us. And Jesus warns us all through the word of God, if we won't forgive people, then he can't forgive us. And so the story goes on to where this fellow who had been refreed from the debt that he had and the king let him out of prison, he had this other guy thrown in prison and wouldn't forgive him. So the king found out about it. The king said, wait a minute here. So I gave you forgiveness for your sins and took you out of prison. And he says, but then when you found this other guy, what have you done? He says, he, he says here, I'll read at the end in verse 31, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. 
In verse 35, as Jesus is saying, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now, the reason I'm talking very strongly about the importance of forgiveness in our heart is we can't go and to God and ask him to forgive us or to bless us or to heal us or, or give us a miracle in our life if we're hiding unforgiveness in our heart. So what we learn from this is if we want to pray for miracles, we need to be sure that our heart is clear and pure. Having a pure heart is necessary when we seek God for anything. As a matter of fact, that even applies to our giving. A lot of people would think, now, how in the world does that apply to giving? Well, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, read verses 23 and 24. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Jesus is speaking once again. He says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice, now what that means is a gift. Other translations refer to it as finances or money. It says at the altar, if you're presenting a sacrifice or a gift at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. God wants our heart to be pure and clear and clean before we bring anything to him. That's a prayer, that's an offering, however it might be. So if God feels that strong about it, we need to prepare our hearts to be able to pray for others to receive a miracle. These are a couple of very important lessons. Let's look at another scripture found in Psalm 46 and verse number 10. This whole podcast has to do with preparing ourselves to pray for miracles. So we've got the preparation so far to review. We need to have forgiveness in our heart for ourselves and for others. We need to make sure that our heart is clear before we pray and pure. We need to be sure that our heart is right before we even make a gift to the Lord. And we need to understand the importance of having patience with God and to trust God when we go into prayer. Because a lot of people feel like if they're going to pray for a miracle, they want it to happen right then, that second, that moment. It's going to happen right now. And sometimes it does happen that way. But there are times when patience is what's needed when we pray for those who need a miracle in their life. So in Psalm chapter 46 and verse number 10, it says here, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. What that tells me is, be still means to wait on him. It's crucial to have patience when we are seeking a gift from God, when we're seeking someone else's blessing, and maybe our own blessing, when we need a miracle in our own life. Throughout the Word of God, we've seen where people are not patient and they make quick decisions. They get themselves in trouble financially. They get themselves in trouble with relationships. Anytime that we are seeking God, we should fall back and remember Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. And he says, I'll be honored in every nation and I will be honored throughout the world. You know, there's something I like to call, let God be God. What that simply means is just pray and then sit back and wait for God to take action. We serve a sovereign God, a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think according to the power that he's placed in us, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to remember that he is God. He's sovereign. He's the one who's going to finalize everything. He's the one who has the authority to create miracles anywhere he desires, any place that he chooses. So let's seek God, yet be patient and be still and know that he is God. And like I said earlier, let God be God. Let's not interfere 
and try to stick our mind and our thoughts and our ideas in front of what his word says. Follow his word. Respect his word. He's the one with all the authority. And wait and see. God will reward you and you'll receive that miracle. In the process of preparing ourselves to pray for miracles, we need to receive an understanding that we need to have faith to believe. We've got to have a strong faith to believe. Now, I've talked a lot about faith, but it seems like you never run out of things to say when you want to talk about the importance and significance of faith in a Christian's life. And when it comes to miracles, we've got to have miracle-working faith. We've got to have the kind of faith that can tell that mountain be removed and be cast into the sea like the scripture tells us. And I don't mean physically a giant mountain, but just simply that challenge, that problem in our life, that difficulty, that thing that's causing us to pray for that miracle. We need to pray that that'll be taken away in Jesus' name. And those of you who've listened to me before know that it's hard for me to talk about miracles and talk about faith without bringing up one of my favorite references in the Word of God, which is found in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, where the Apostle Paul is talking about having the kind of faith that Abraham had to have to bring something from nothing. So many times when we pray, we wait for something to happen, anticipate something to happen, rather than praying and believing that it's already happened. You see, God's already provided the answer for the miracle. God's already created the miracle. The miracle is just simply something that God possesses, and he would need to just speak that one word into that situation, and it's done. We need to have the kind of faith that Abraham had when he knew that he was unable to have children, or he felt that he was unable, him and Sarah, but then God spoke to him and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and so he had faith to believe and he didn't give up on that faith. And we need to have that same kind of faith. We need to have a faith that says, I'm going to call forth those things that are not as though that they are, which simply means something that hasn't happened yet. I believe it's already here. When you do that, it takes you through the circumstances. It gives you the victory before you actually see it because you've got it in your heart. You have the victory in your heart, in your faith, in your mind, and you just know that it's already taken place because God does not have to look in his cabinet somewhere and find out, well, let's see, where's the cure to that disease or where do I go find something for that? God has all the answers already at his disposal and he can release that answer into the miracle that we need if we'll only believe. So cannot speak on faith without calling forth those things that are not as though they are, and I hope you'll receive that. I'm sorry if those of you who've listened in heard me say that a dozen times, but you'll probably hear me say it a whole lot more because I believe in it and I trust it because I found it in God's Word. When we prepare ourselves to pray for a miracle, some people say, well, you need to do this or stand on one foot or get next to a window or sit in your living room and sit on a couch that looks like a couch you saw somewhere on TV where a guy was praying for miracles. And we set up all these little rules and guidelines, but all that stuff we just need to throw out. We need to just believe in one thing that we can put all of our whole heart and faith in. And it's the words of Jesus when he said in Mark chapter 10 and verse 27, he says, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. You see, everything is possible with God. That's what Jesus said. He said, humanly speaking, I mean, in our own minds and our own thoughts and our own planning, it's impossible to see these miracles taking place. When the doctor told me that I had six months to live, if I would have looked at, well, that's just not going to work. I guess the doctor said six months. I'm going to have to accept that and just move on. No, I didn't accept that. I didn't believe for that because I wanted to call forth that thing that was not as though it was. And I believed in my healing. And I believe that God already had the answer to my healing. So humanly speaking, I didn't accept that. I believe that all things were possible with God. Everything that God wants to do, he can do and will do. There's no 
way that he can be held back from doing what he desires to do. So let's remember the source of our miracle comes from God. The source of our strength comes through prayer. We get it through his word and we claim the promises of God in his word in order to see that miracle come forth. It's part of the preparation to get ready to pray for miracles. In prior podcasts, I've given you my definition of a miracle. I think this might be a good time to do that because when we're preparing our heart for a miracle, we got to understand the difference between science and faith. We got to understand that science believes one thing, but faith is obviously something totally different. So the definition I believe the Lord has given me of a miracle is an event that is contrary to natural or scientific laws, something connected to divine activity. So when we are preparing our heart for a miracle, yes, it's okay to have a pill, to take a pill. Yes, it's okay to go to the doctor. It's fine to have an x-ray. These are all things that are fine. Man would never have invented these things if it wasn't the fact that God put all these materials here on earth for the medications that we take. I remember in one visit I had with a doctor, he was telling me about this pill that I was supposed to take and how powerful it was and how great it was and all the great minds that put that together and all the people who worked in all the great universities and the scientists and all them, this is amazing creation. I just looked at him, I said, could I ask you a question? Is there anything in this pill that wasn't already created by God and placed upon this earth, and now man is just finding those things and putting them together? And he looked at me kind of perplexed, and he said, no, I don't think there is. I said, so everything in this pill that you're giving all the glory to man for creating, God already created it here on the earth, whether it was a leaf, whether it was a plant, whether it was water, whether it was ground, whether it was an animal, whether whatever it came from, man finally found it, put a pill together, God blessed it, and look what's happened to it. So I'm, I don't have a problem with pills, but I want to be sure that we give all the glory to God. So in all of our preparation for prayer, I'm not opposed to people going to doctors and taking medication and all those things. They're very, very important. But we've got to understand that a miracle is an event that is contrary to natural or scientific laws. Miracles don't come about because man has come up with an idea or man created something or man figured out to do this or to do that or to mix this together or put this. The things that he's mixing were created by God. The things that he's using were created by God. The fact that he is even on this earth is a living example of God's creative miracle power in him even being alive. His body that's put together, the way the heart beats and the way the lungs breathe and the way our body defends itself and the immune system that God placed in our bodies was all done by God. And so to God be the glory that he receives the credit. So I don't have a problem with some of the science things as long as we give all credit to God. My definition also says something connected to divine activity. So something has to take place. There must be an activity taking place. And the beginning of that activity is for us to prepare ourselves to pray for other people. When we are ready and do the things, some of the guidelines that I've given you, there's a lot of other things that I can talk about and I will in upcoming podcasts about how we should pray and how we should seek God for praying for miracles. But things I've given you today are all tools that are necessary to get our hearts in the right place, to get our minds in the right place so that we are prepared, truly ready ready to pray and believe that God is going to bring forth a miracle. I said the definition is something connected to divine activity. Well, that divine activity obviously has to come from the Spirit of God who dwells in us, and we must ask the Holy Spirit, that divine presence of the Holy Spirit, 
to do a great work and how we should pray. I don't even want to do a podcast unless at the very beginning I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. I don't want to close out a podcast without asking the Holy Spirit to help you to understand what we're talking about today. So with that, we have divine activity taking place in us when we are led by the Spirit of the living God to pray for those who need a miracle. So I want you to take all these things and put them in your heart and place them there and believe it and then operate in those activities. I believe it'll be a blessing to you and I'm just going to ask now that the Lord will help you and help me in the upcoming podcast to understand how to prepare ourselves to receive a miracle and how we can see the miracle-working power of God become active in our lives and in the lives of those that we're praying for. Heavenly Father, once again, I thank you for your word, for the opportunity to speak to you directly as you're always listening and always ready to hear from us. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you've placed in each and one of our lives. And I pray now that this teaching would go deep into the hearts of those who've tuned in today and that they will work on the preparation to be ready to pray, that they will understand the significance of getting our heart ready and getting our mind ready and getting our thoughts ready as we prepare to pray for those who need a miracle in their life. I thank you, God, that they've tuned in and I thank you that they're going to take these things into their prayer life and I believe they're going to see great miracles take place. Once again, I give you praise for what's taken place in this podcast today and I look forward to the upcoming podcast of what you have planned for us. Thank you, God, once again for who you are, for what you've done, and for your miracle-working powers. For I ask all these things now, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I hope that you received something from today's podcast because I've enjoyed bringing it to you. As a matter of fact, during this podcast, I've had so many thoughts that have come up to talk about in the next podcast, dealing with, obviously, with miracles. And I believe the Lord has something extremely special planned for us in my next podcast entitled, How to Plant a Seed to produce a miracle. We're going to plant some seeds. We're going to water them. We're going to learn how to water them. We're going to see how God can take that and bring forth a miracle for those who have great needs. So I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun lesson. It's going to be something that I believe that will inspire us. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to give me some fresh new words to bring into your life. You might want to call your friends or family members and invite them to tune in to my next podcast as we talk about the significance of planting a seed for a great miracle. I'm excited. I mean, I know I've already said that, but I'm truly excited about what's going to take place in that message because the Lord has given me some ideas and thoughts to share with you based upon his word and that telling us that when God speaks, we need to listen. And when God waters through us, miracles are going to take place. I'm going to just let it go at that because otherwise I'll get into speaking it right now and I'm pretty much out of time at this time. So I would encourage you if you're interested to get more information on the teachings that I have, you can go to my webpage, which is davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you go to that webpage, you'll see a link that you can link to my podcast, or you will find a link that you can look at some of the books that I've written. There's one book in particular, I think, that may relate very much to this teaching, and it's entitled How to Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. If you get that book, you'll understand, I believe, when you're through it, the principle of calling forth those things that are not as though they are. And I believe you'll see your faith grow, and I know the Lord has given me that book as a tool to help other people understand the significance that they have faith. We just need to learn how to water it and see that faith grow. 
So in addition to that, I've got several other books written on finances and generosity and things of that nature. I hope that, you, hope that you'll be blessed by those. In addition to that, you can subscribe to my podcast through cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, this has been one of those lessons that I at first didn't want to teach because I thought, Lord, I don't want to talk about discipline. I don't want to talk about having patience. I don't think I really want to get into forgiveness because when I talk about forgiveness, many times people have a difficult time with that. As a pastor, I can remember times when I would preach a message on forgiveness and how important it was, and I would always have someone at the end of the message go meet me at the door and would say, Pastor, that's a good message and all that, but I'll never forgive my mother for what she did to me, or I'll never forgive my father for what he did, or I'll never forgive my brother or my sister or a friend or a business associate, and they'll go on and on and on talking about like it's something that's important to them. But in reality, unforgiveness is devastating, and we've got to get that into our heart. So that's what made me bring this message to you today on the significance of forgiveness and understanding that God can't work through us unless our heart is pure and ready to bring forth a miracle in the lives of someone else. So thank you once again for tuning in today. And I would encourage you to maybe listen to the podcast one more time in order to understand the significance of preparation for prayer. You know, when it comes to doing a podcast, I don't just say, okay, I'm going to go in there and just speak something off and, and just no preparation, no no time that I spend alone with the Lord or no prayer or no scripture reading or no research done and just give you a podcast. Because if I did that, probably wouldn't be of any value to you. But in preparation, it's so crucial. Remember, I pastored for over 20 years in a church and I taught for 20 years Bible classes, adult Bible classes in our church. And with all that, there was a great amount of preparation prayer that had to go into it. A lot of people don't realize that the typical sermon that you hear today usually has at least 12 to 14 to 16 hours of preparation so that they can give you a 30-minute message. And I can tell you that when it comes to podcasts, it's not a whole lot different because during the week, there's times of preparation. There's ideas that come to my heart and to my mind, and I don't take it lightly. And I believe the Lord has given me a new sense of urgency about the significance and the importance of preparation and being ready to bring this podcast to you. And I believe that's where this podcast today was birthed through the preparation that we need to have when we go to seek the Lord for a miracle. So I'm going to close out today and ask the Lord that may he bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you.